Welcome to the Big Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Avis, and sitting with me on the couch to my left is my co-host, Nick Wright. And this week, we're going to be doing a tribute to video game magazines. So, uh, you know, we're going to go with a, another tribute episode. Um, it's a topic that's near and dear to both of our hearts, for sure. Um, Something that you don't really see too much anymore with now that the, everything's online, on the internet. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's for the better. I mean, there's no doubt that you're going to get more comprehensive coverage online nowadays. Uh, everything's instantaneous. The second something drops on Twitter, you know, a few minutes later, like one of the big sites like an IGN or Kotaku, whatever, they're going to have a full spread about it because either they already have advanced information on the topic mm -hmm. and they've already got a story like ready to go. Um, it, it, it's just, it's so fast and there's so much. You got video and, you know, beautiful photos and galleries and it's just as much as you could possibly want. Uh, but there was a time when you would get your news from a magazine. Mm -hmm. um, you go to the, uh, you know, wherever your place of choice was. Usually it was from the mall, like a Beat yeah. Alton's. Walden Books. Walden Beat Books. Um, you know, I, I... just the grocery store. Or the grocery store, right. Um, you know, once a month you you walk past that section in the uh, grocery store or you go to the mall and check fact, that little know, area. I mean, I, I think the grocery store is where I got most of mine. Because, you know, I'd be with, like, mom when she's grocery shopping or whatever. Yeah, because you go to the grocery every week. see the new issue come out, you know, for the month. And yeah. And then bugger, can I get this? You know. You'd for sure go to the uh, grocery more often than the mall. So. I think um, when when I was driving myself around, you know, after, you know, we turned 16 and whatever, then I started getting them at the mall. Right. But before that, I think it was mainly the grocery store. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Uh, it's just to this day, you know, I still get a subscription to a game magazine, and you do can you get. Really? I do. I I get um, Game Informer from. Yeah. Oh right. From yeah. game from GameStop. Yeah. Um. I mean, you might as well like the GameStop Pro members. Uh, it's like fifteen dollars for the year. You know, and last time I don't have it anymore, but it's since run out. But uh, when I did get, you know, that game. Uh, GameStop membership and, mm -hmm. and you get the magazine subscription you know you got the choice to get it digital or to get the copies mailed to you yeah and it was at that time that I thought well you know I don't I don't need all these extra I've got so many magazines already I don't need more magazines yep so I got digital and you know what I found out I didn't ever bother to look at a single yeah. one like there was like one or two times that I thought to myself you know I need to check that out you know, because I, I'm paying for it. Right. I'm entitled to it. I need to look at that. And, and I look, and I'm, and I'm swiping through them, and it's just not the same. They still ask you, too, like, because I just re-upped it, like, a, last month. And I'm like, do you want digital, or, you know, do you want to have it mailed to your house? And I'm always like, mail to the house! Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, that, I learned my lesson that time because I found I just, I don't ever bother with it. Well, if you get mail, you know, if it comes in your mailbox, you it's usually bills or junk mail. But you actually get like a game magazine, you know. It's you. It's in front of you. Yeah, and when it's in front of you, you start flipping through it. Right. Yeah, you start flipping through it. You just sit on the couch. You flip through it. 
And Game Informer is a really nice magazine. I mean, they there are still developers out there that will save um, a scoop for a Game Informer. Mm-hmm. You know, used to be back in the day, like you know, magazines would get the scoop. Uh, and even when websites were you know in their infancy, it was just playing catch up to the magazine. It felt like. So uh, you know, there's they're still in, they're still around. They're still important. There's all kinds of magazines you could still get. Uh, you know, like retro magazine and like retro gamers i think is what it's called you know i haven't even like looked in so long i don't even know do they still make egm no no they don't unfortunately uh egm well i've got some it seems like they went digital at some point but did they even still do that no they don't do that anymore they they actually have a website uh egm now yeah um because they they like were the uh, they were something like nuke nukem or nuke something or other didn't like you know do it had nothing to do with EGM. Yeah. Then they were oneup.com for a while. Yeah, I remember that. And then they went to EGM now. And EGM now is still around, but it's you know it it's just it's a relic. Yeah. I, they don't review every game. They review like the big games. I mean, and even when I started getting all of my news at like. Kotaku or you know whatever the different video game websites were ever since everybody would have like their own like Facebook page and so then you'll just see stuff pop up like in your Facebook like news feed I don't even go to those sites anymore yeah it's just it, like Twitter for it me it used to be a daily thing like mm-hmm. every morning I would go to those same sites and I'd yeah. look I don't even do that anymore because you just see it in your news feed you just get on Facebook and it's just right there I still like check Kotaku every now and then, but I get all, most of my news, my stated like to the moment news, like on YouTube channels and stuff. Yeah, there's some really good ones like uh, Kind of Funny. Uh, they have like daily sh- morning shows where they up- talk about like the up to the minute news. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I've never. Yeah, they're it's they, it's a bunch of guys who used to work for IGN. Yeah. And uh, they went out on their own. They started their own channel, um, and they it's become really successful. That's cool. And they're really they're really funny, cool guys. And you know, you you think kind of funny, like it doesn't even sound, like you know doesn't have anything to do with games at all. But they're very heavy into games. Hmm. So, uh, but one and uh, one of the main guys, um, um, oh gosh, Greg Miller. I don't know if you remember like recognize his name, but he was hmm. like a big personality on IGN's uh, website. So he kind of like he's kind of the main guy, and like I said, some other guys who work behind the scenes at IGN, like one of the producers and like some guys who made a couple of videos here and there, but wanted a break, and they got their break on this site. But it's really cool. Uh, but I, I get a lot of my news just from them hmm. from day to day. Very cool. So you know, Twitter and and the YouTube channels, and you know, like you said, Facebook. That's how we consume our video game news nowadays. But you know, you used to get it in a magazine. And it was like a big deal. Like, I couldn't wait to, you know, sometimes I would just get the magazine and sit in the floor at, like, B. Dalton's or whatever. Yeah. Even yeah. if I knew I was going to buy it, I still was just excited to see it. And I'd yeah. want to look through it. And that's yeah. what we'd do. We'd, or we'd buy the magazine and go to, like, the food court or something or in that middle of the mall where they had seats and you just start flipping through. In fact, I remember vividly, um, it was... Uh, well, I mean, I, I say vividly, vividly, but now I can't remember which, if it was Game Fan or EGM, it was one or the other, but Street Fighter Alpha had just come out, or was it, 
just come out or coming out, but you know, there's very little, you didn't know much about it yet. Mm -hmm. And um, in this issue, it had the codes to be able to play as Bison and Akuma and Dan. And I remember buying the magazine and taking it to Chick-fil-A at the mall and oh, just yeah. sitting there and just flipping through it and just being amazed at like, oh, wow, you know, Bison's in the game, you know, because it was mm -hmm. the first time I'd ever seen Bison from Street Fighter 2 is in Street Fighter Alpha and he looked, you know, he was bulkier, he looked different. Yeah, and uh, and Akuma I was like, oh wow, cool Akuma from Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, and mm -hmm. a new guy Dan. You know who's this guy? You know, right. first time you ever saw Dan, and uh, I just I remember that was like really cool and just wide eyed amazing oh, yeah. kind of thing. It, it was like your news, you know, as an adult. You know, yeah. you're watching the news, you get everything you need. It's like breaking news. And I want to say I was a game fan, and the reason I want to say that is because I feel like it was those nice, thick paper you know yeah. and the, and crisp images that beautiful card stock that paper yeah. stock that they use is yeah. so glossy and great uh well I've, I've got some cool little factoids we're gonna talk about all these magazines factoids i've got some factoids everybody <laughs> i've done my research and a lot of the game unfortunately a lot of the game fan factoids are kind of you know yeah, not I, so positive. <laughs> there, there's some interesting stuff in there for sure. After but. they went under, I, I heard some unsavory things about Game Fan. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they 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 didn't run a really uh, their their business was kind of shady. I guess to say to put it nicely, it was just a bit shady. You know? Yeah, they uh, the employees, the people that worked on the magazine, were really hardworking. Uh, diehard gamers it you know? was my favorite magazine but the way that those employees were treated is really terrible and i've got some interesting like little things that i found out we'll get to those okay but uh yeah yeah you know like going to like you know you'd read the magazine right away then i remember just like being up taking the magazine home and just like laying on the floor and just reading cover to cover like multiple times yeah you just pour through it and like you said multiple times multiple just... times throughout the month yeah Taking um, it to school. Take, yeah, every yeah. We take it to school and we compare and like, did you see this? Yeah. And, uh, I have lots of fond memories of like being back in middle school and like reading through like old issues of EGM or Nintendo Power or whatever. Yeah. Um, but as we do with our tribute episodes, we like to do, you know, we like to talk about the things in chronological order. Uh, and uh, th this one's going to be kind of tricky because um, there was like a big glut of magazines that came out right around the same amount of time right and they you know they they ran various time periods uh but you know in the late 90s early the late 80s early 90s there was tons of magazines it was like golden age of video game magazines uh but i figured we'd start um with one of the early magazines that i was able to find some stuff on and that's the uh, computer and video games magazine do you even still have one of those uh, no. <laughs> I, well, I have this, but I don't even, I think it might be of the same, but it's it's not worded the same. Video games and computer entertainment. Yeah, I don't even think this is, it could be though, because like, you know, it's, it was a European magazine and you got the UK prices right here. This is like the one issue that I, I have. Well, you got everything. You got US, Canada, and UK. Yeah. So, you know, that I'm sorry if this isn't exactly one of those magazines. It ran from... To 1981 to 2004, so kind of a long time, and uh, it, it started out uh, just 
the first issue had Space Invaders on the cover, so that tells you like how far it went back. <laughs> and it had all, it was mostly computer. And when when was this one? This well, it's got Bart Simpson on the front, so it's got to be the nineteen ninety. Oh, February ninety one. Yeah, so this is February ninety one. This would have been like when they were more focused on video, like console video gaming. Um, but you know, other than it was one of the first magazines for my research, it was the first European gaming magazine. I remember, and I'm pretty sure it was one of those computer and video games that. Like I'm flipping through and it's got like you know Prince of Persia, you know, mm. you know, because that was obviously a computer game. It ran and for a long time. Obviously, it was a pop. Like it might have been like Europe's Nintendo Power EGM. And there was one of those that I, I feel like was the very first time I ever saw Super Mario World. It was like a, a kind. Of, it was kind of a prototype version of it, because I'm pretty sure this image I saw wasn't in like a normal like video game magazine it was more of a computer game video game magazine mm -hmm. um, but i and i <laughs> what is that i have no idea i have to like show this i guess <laughs> it looks like a power uh it looks like an nes pad but it's kind of got like ergonomic like Wait, one of those you want me to hold it and then you can maybe try to focus yeah that's a good idea so there you go that's a pretty good shot i it so you like, I mean, it's in black and white. You so. stick the NES controller in a box. Yeah. Speed box. That's what it's called. So then you can just... So you can rest your hands comfortably, I guess, for those games like Track and Field, I suppose. <laughs> I did that without the box, though. Yeah, do you need <laughs> to buy this, like, peripheral? Like, I wonder what that thing costs. For times that... Like, I mean, I've done that here. Like, when we were playing the Simpsons arcade game. Oh, yeah, where you pump the balloons? Yeah, I set the <laughs> controller down and just went... <laughs> I mean, how else are you supposed to do it? Well, they, they made this little piece of plastic, I guess, if you needed to have that. <laughs> um, Wall Street kid. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you check These are some of, the, <laughs> some of the advertisements. What, you got a free shirt down there too, Nick? That's, a, that's free pretty big. t-shirt of Wall Street mm, kid. Wow, that's use worth it or the lose game. it. My hero. Yeah. Uh, but, that's you a know, game. I'm looking at, um, you know, it, well, it's got some arcade coverage in here. I know I thought I saw some computer coverage. The cover story is for sure Bart versus the Space Mutants, I guess, that NES game. But, you know, it, I remember when that Bart versus the Space Mutants game came out. It was on a lot of magazine covers because, you know, the Simpsons were really popular. It's not. It's not a real impressive magazine. Like as far as all the other magazines go, it's. There's the first arcade game ever. Oh yeah, you want to show that off right there? Then the, that sparkly green. Was it called Odyssey? Um, I want to say Space Wars. Space Wars. Okay. It, I'm sure it says. Oh, I, rem I remember this issue too because they were they were talking about like it was um a story on a museum for arcades. So at that time it was a really neat thing. I um, even see. It looks like the kind of thing you would see in our town where they have that expo. Oh no no, that, that computer space. Computer that, space. Uh, yeah. Okay. Nineteen seventy one. Pretty cool stuff. Um, but you know it. I'm sure I picked it up because it had Bart Simpson on the cover, and that's it. And I remember taking it into school, and you mm -hmm. actually remember. No, I didn't remember. You remembered. You said that I brought it into school that day. Yeah, yeah I recognized the cover. Mm-hmm. And it's not one that I used to... Yeah, here's computers. This is all computer stuff, because there's like... There's Prince of Persia. Yeah, there's yeah. Prince of Persia. 
So, you know, they did. They had computer stuff. And not all of the games that I that bought mostly, like EGM, yeah, uh, GamePro, like, they focused on, they did not focus on computer games at all. So. Oh, this is a whole section of, like, rating the best games of 1990. Oh, yeah. Those are always a fun issue. Yeah. Some magazines would have, like, their official awards, like, Nintendo Power had, like, the Nestor Awards. Yeah. EGM just had, like, what did they call theirs? Just Game uh, of the Year, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, Game of the Each Year. Each month I knew they had, like, Platinums, you know, Gold, uh, Game of the Month. The Power Glove. It's so bad. You gotta show that. <laughs> this is the kind of crap I was, like, seeing when it... I mean, this is really a lame advertisement, to be honest. What game is that even supposed to be that they're talking like? It's just like oh, th this cartoons. Is like, this is their own artwork. This is a player's guide to Super oh, Glove okay. Ball. It's the video game players. Okay, but Super Glove Ball, I guess, is the game. But this is their guide to Super Glove Ball. I gotcha. So one of their artists did that. Okay. Yeah, the Nintendo, the Nintendo actual advertisements were way cooler, you know? Like, they'd have a guy punching on the screen, and there'd be, like, you know, this gigantic video board. Yeah. Made you really want to have it. More computer games. But, you know, that, that was, like, Commander. the first big video game magazine, I guess, that came out there. But um, the next magazine we're going to talk about was a much, much bigger deal. And um, that, is, of course, is Nintendo Power. <laughs> I smell a factoid. Uh, yeah, we could get started with a factoid. Nintendo Power was initially... Yeah, I, I feel like we need to lead with this one. Since, yeah. Once, uh, once you, why don't you break the news on this one here? The uh, so what the predecessor? Yeah, what was the Nintendo, predecessor of Nintendo Power? The Nintendo Fun Club. The Nintendo Fun Club. And I wish I had one, but I do not. Yeah, and the Nintendo. One of my factoids is the Nintendo Fun Club. Initially, its purpose was for Nintendo to collect a database of all of their you know customers. Hmm. Um, I didn't. I don't think I knew that. That's basically all it was. Um, they they just wanted to know who their customers were, and it was free. It didn't cost anything. And uh, do you remember how you actually got them? Was it like um, how you what, was how it you got the Fun Club? The Fun Club, yeah. Was it from like cards inside of video, like games from Nintendo, or I don't remember. That's something I didn't really look at. There was a guy in middle school that had one, and that was the first time I'd ever seen it. And but I'm not sure how he got it. Gotcha. Well, it only ran for uh, seven issues. Uh, Nintendo Fun Club. I couldn't have said the number, but I knew it was not very many. And uh, the president was Howard Phillips, who was a name is a name that would carry over to Nintendo Power. Mr. Bowtie. Mr. Bowtie, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, was featured in a uh, really um, kind of famous comic for Nintendo. Kind of a, a time before bow ties were cool. Yeah, everybody. I'm... <laughs> I know you don't wear a bow tie, but it's, no, no, I don't. They're popular now. Yeah, I, mean, you can't, I, I you guess can't so. Deny that. I guess you know so, but yeah, he he was you know Mr. Bowtie for the well dressed man. Yeah, they've become more popular. Um, but yeah, the Howard and Nestor comic was something that was regularly featured in Nintendo Power. But yeah, Nintendo Power, uh, the first issue was it's a very famous issue. It's the claymation Mario celebrating, which. I wish I had, but the closest thing I've got is like the Super Mario 3 one. Yeah, this this is from your collection. So, yeah, so there's like the Mario 3 version of it. Yep, and it's it's the clay, you know, art style, like from the... So it's just like that, but, but Super Mario Yeah, 2. but the first had Mario 2. We'll, we'll uh, 
I mean, there's, you know, there, there's pictures on the internet. We'll, we'll find a picture. Oh, yeah. It's real famous. I used to have it. I don't know what happened to it. I think it got stolen. Oh, well. It, it, you know, yeah. you know when you're in school, things get passed around. Back. Yep. So. That came out. That was uh, July, August uh, 1988. And that's how Nintendo Powers so came out. That was by July, August 88. So I've got a May, June 89. Mm. This, this was the, my oldest Nintendo Power. That's your oldest Nintendo Power? Yeah. Oh, yeah. TMNT. Yeah. Um, and why don't you open up the uh, Nintendo Power there, Nick? We can talk about some of the, uh, you know, some of the things that made Nintendo Power unique. Yeah, because the mailbox. Mailbox was kind that? of a deal. Yeah, kind of a big where, deal. Where you could, like, write in and write your letters to them and whatnot. And then they'd kind of start out with the, the cover thing. So the thing, stop right here. This, this is what made Nintendo Power really good to me. Flip to the next page. These maps, oh, man, yes, they spent yes. a lot of time uh, cutting and together these maps, and they did that for lots of games. Yes, whether it be like a like a like a full like top down layout like Zelda style, or like a two D game where they would actually piece together every part of that level. Love the maps, and uh, you know they and they they would go pretty deep into the game. Not the whole entire game. It wasn't like a strategy guide for the entire game, but. For the, usually the first level or two, you know, they'd give you, like, a pretty big chunk of the game. Yeah, like, usually, you know, they'd map out the first few boards or whatever. And give you a good idea. Get uh, you a uh, nice head start. Um, but, yeah, the first 15 issues of Nintendo Power were bi-monthly. Uh, so they right. had yet to start coming out every month at that point. Yeah, so, yeah, it was always, like, May, June, mm -hmm. July, August, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, um, can you find the poster section, or do you have that in oh, yours? Because I remember, I remember being at your house, and you'd have them hanging I, up on your walls one, and stuff. I took the poster out, so I don't have the poster in this one. I've got some uh, from my collection that we could show. I don't know if the poster's in Mario. Here, you want to hold this one up? Oh, sorry. There's one in there, I know. This is... Um, is, it, is it a boring poster? Kind of. It's just Spy Hunter, but just to kind of give you an idea... You know, like, it, it was pretty good size, and it always had the Nintendo Power logo, like, right at the very bottom, I remember. But, I mean, there were some really cool ones. Like, this one here had Castlevania three in it, I know. Um, but, yeah, there's the Rescue Rangers one. Remember uh, how I was sort of into that game at the time? <laughs> Uh, sorta. <laughs> <laughs> Call every day. Is it in yet? Is All right. Well, yet? maybe I was obsessed with that game. Just ask the employees of Babbage's at that time. If you worked at Babbage's uh, in 1990 during the summer months, I'm sorry. <laughs> I probably plucked the hell out of you. Uh, but yeah, you had those cool posters. That was a pretty neat feature. Um, is the counselor's corner? Oh, well, here's okay. Yeah, this is a big there's deal. There's the comic. Yeah. The Howard and Nestor comic. Howard so, like, and Nestor. This comic was about Ninja Gaiden. Because it was always whatever the cover game was of the previous month. Mm -hmm. So the previous issue of Nintendo Power had Ninja Gaiden on the cover. And so the next issue had a comic featuring Ninja Gaiden. And so the, the issue after this one was going to have Ninja Turtles. Oh. Since Ninja Turtles was on the cover. Pretty cool. And they were pretty good magazines, you know, like pretty nice little comics. I mean, I've read through them. A lot of magazines at that time would have feature like their version of a comic. And on, I never really gave them, paid much attention to them, except for the Nintendo Power ones. And I like the art. 
I mean, it's it's nice. It is. It's it's pretty good stuff. Um, so let's see. Um, Factoid: How many? Oh. There were two hundred and eighty-five total issues of Nintendo Power. <laughs> is that all? <laughs> is that all? Yeah. <laughs> it went for a long time. It went for a long time. Uh, twenty-four years, in fact. Twenty-four years. Yep, twenty-four years. Uh, the last issue ran in December of two thousand twelve. And uh, it was kind of touching. You know, you'd already mentioned that it was bi-monthly at first, because then they did move to monthly. They moved to monthly after 15 issues. So um, so you had the Nintendo Fan Club, or the Fun Club, uh, that was like a fanzine. I'll, have to, I'll throw up a picture, I'm sure, when we were talking about it right. originally. But it was like a fanzine. Um, it was professional, but you know, you remember what fanzines were like back in the day. You know, they, they weren't like they are now, like magazines. But then you had you had some of those, and you had the bi-monthly, and then you had the monthly. And uh, that's a long time, 24 years. The longest run of any video game magazine that I was able to look up. Non-stop, continuous. Like, some magazines would go for a while, come back for a little bit. But even if you counted those all together, they never stopped. Nintendo Power was still the longest. Oh, here's... Important yeah, the, info right here. The this top, might have been my favorite. Top 30... Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was always looking to see... Hold it up there for a bit longer. The games that I had were in the top 30. Yep, so, you know, they would have, like... And remember so that, like, Zelda, Zelda was, was always one for a yeah. long time. Zelda and Mario. Mm-hmm. Which... And I dug that, you know? It, it, it wasn't just, like, the flavor of the month. It wasn't, like, the sales. Like, nowadays, like, you would get the top 10 of what sold the best for that month or whatever. This was just like their top 30. Like, I know they had a criteria of some kind. Like, Mario 3 wasn't even out yet, so there's Mario 2. And there was a legend two. here. Like, I'm sure, like, what was the pink? Was and, pink new? And and I'm sure, can you see, I'm sure Super Mario Brothers, the first one, I'm sure it was in there somewhere, surely. Uh, it's probably over here to the side, I bet. Can't really make it out. But yeah, it was, it was on there for a long time. Yeah. But I, I love that yeah, section. There it is, number seventeen. Okay, so seventeen. But yeah, so how did it go? What was the what did the pink denote? It's over here on the side. Oh, uh, oh yeah, that's I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, so pink was like these titles are new to the top. Yeah, 30. these are the newcomers to the list. Yeah, so like track and field. It track was and field five, two was new was that new. month. And uh, blue games that are really on the move, so they've like shot up in the, the fast top risers. Top. Yeah, they've jumped several places on the pole. Mm -hmm. And the uh, kind of greenish color is favorites that have maintained their popularity among the top 30. But look at the like the points. The actual points are like 12,939 first place. I mean, there there was a system in place Yeah, here. I wonder how they got their points. I don't think they really divulged that information yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like Metroid is number nine with like 3,000 points. Mm -hmm. But Zelda 2 is 12,000 points. Almost 13,000. Yeah. So that each, you know, each point was accounted for in some way. Uh, I guess they had like certain counselors. They would can, you know. Now would... see, now this. Let's see, Mega Man Two. I think just came out. On here, Mega Man Two is number thirty with nine hundred ninety-five points. Mega Man One is fourteen with like two thousand points. So Mega Man Two is clearly better than the ridiculously hard Mega Man 1. Yeah. Mega Man 2 just came out, so we're not really... I'm, I'm, I bet, like, the next couple issues, that really jumped up. Yeah, that would have been one of the uh, fast risers in the blue, I guess. 
Um, but I, I love this. Like, I can't, you know, understate how much I thought this was such a cool feature. And, like, none of the other magazines really did it like that. So I remember EGM would have, like, a top ten kind of thing, but it was... Nintendo Power was the best. Well, is this maybe how they got their points? So, they're players' picks, pros' picks, and dealers' picks. Okay, well, why don't you show that? They actually have, like, a little thing here. Somehow they... they've, they've got points... For so those they, they three categories, and then I guess add that together. To get... That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really you know that that shows that you know they really cared. You know they they put a lot of time and thought into their gaming magazines, and you know this this was such an unusual thing. I mean, video games were not mainstream like they are nowadays. It was a very niche thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, so to have this kind of you know, like th uh, this was the that, that only little boys play. Yeah, <laughs> girls don't play video games. Apparently, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love Nintendo Power. Um, you know, we were discussing this, you know, before the show. Um, a lot of magazines you could pick up in the grocery stores, but I don't think Nintendo Power was like that. Yeah, Nintendo Power seemed almost like you had to have a subscription to even. Get and I, ne I never had a subscription. I always regretted not ever getting one. I would have loved to have had one. Um, I think part of the reason why maybe I didn't get a subscription was it was so Nintendo focused. And when the NES was out, that was really all there was. But by the time like a Turbo Graphics and Genesis and all those other consoles are out there, like why would you restrict yourself to just one console? Yeah. You know. And and I think that's about where I started kind of slacking off on Nintendo Power and getting more EGM. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there was a time period where there's a big gap, and I kind of quit getting Nintendo Powers. Yeah. And I always got the feeling, too, that there might have been, like, a major bias. Like, they might shove a game down your throat because it's put out by Nintendo. Yeah. Ran by Nintendo. But, you know, they I, I, I'm sure there was some sort of integrity. I mean, it was a Japanese company. Integrity's, like, a big deal. So, like, there probably were checks and balances to that kind of thing. They're not going to just shove some piece of crap game down your throat. And to be fair, there were so many good games on the NES. You know, they, they had their pick of, of a cover story, usually. But the artwork was always just beautiful on the cover. Like, the layouts were really nice. Oh, and here's where you would get your scores, the, for the players, at least, mm -hmm. that you could send in, you, you could vote on... From like between these nine games and did you ever do this? Send, like fill it out, send it in. You know, I feel like I did rip one out and I started filling one out at one time, but I don't remember if I actually sent, sent it off. Yeah, <laughs> put it in an envelope and send it out. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What other things can we talk about with Nintendo Power? Um. Oh, uh, I was gonna mention this, but I stopped. Uh, on the last issue, 2012, uh, the cover was a claymation uh, sort of tribute to the original Nintendo Power. It was yeah, when uh, you know, the, and I never got that one, and I kind of wish I did. Now. I wish I had it too, but it was that when the Wii, the Wii U, new Super Mario Brothers game was coming out. Oh uh, yeah, so that was the last issue. Uh, very fitting. I always wanted this Super Mario book. Never got it. Oh, you'll have to I show got, it. <laughs> I got I got the Zelda book. But I never got that Mario book, and I wish I did. Mm -hmm. How to win at Super Mario Brothers. Nice. 
not like I needed it. You know, I had like the NES Atlas and everything else. Here's an interesting factoid. Um, you've heard of the game Dragon Quest, I guess, right? Yeah. RPG. Um, well, one interesting thing about that game was. It... Oh, well, wasn't that offered for? Oh no, was that? Was no, it you're right. Quest or Final Fantasy? That no, was no, it was it was Dragon given, Quest. Given free through Nintendo Power. Yep. To so they apparently that game wasn't doing so well, and uh, Nintendo Power had a pretty large subscription base. So they were they started giving that game out for free with new subscriptions to the magazine. So it bolstered the subscription sales yeah. of Nintendo Power, and it was getting those games out of their warehouses. So and I'm sure they counted that as some sort of you know like and sale. I already had the subscription, so I never got the game. Yeah, so that was really interesting that you know you you could get a free game, and that game is I think in in hindsight looked at as a very popular, successful game. A lot of people had it. Well, because, probably because uh, Nintendo Power. Yeah, so that's that's my last like little Nintendo Power factoid. Factoid. Everybody drink. Uh, but you know, a great magazine. I remember it fondly, even though I never had a subscription to it. Um, it's it's the granddaddy of the game magazines, mm-hmm. and uh, I I wish it were back because there's such a renaissance with Nintendo right now. I could imagine really pouring into the, like even even though uh, I have online and all the things we mentioned before, I get all that information beforehand. I would still love to get like a magazine with Mario Odyssey on the cover or something. You know, like, it would I'm, be really cool. I'm always a sucker for a magazine with good pictures. Mm-hmm. Ma- like screenshot pictures slash artwork. The artwork's got to be good too. Like yeah, Game Pro. No. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Game Pro. <laughs> All right, Nick. So we we've talked about Nintendo Power. We're gonna get on to um, my favorite all-time gaming. My my personal favorite. Electronic uh, gaming. Yeah, monthly. Electronic Gaming Monthly, man. EGM. Uh, so many uh, people look to that magazine as being the best there ever was. Um, that that kind of funny channel I was telling you about, Greg Miller talks about all the time about how like you know EGM was the reason why he got into gaming journalism. You know he would get a get you know get a magazine and take it home, pour through it cover to cover, and it you know I remember him telling a story where like he told his mom at an early age he's like I want to be a video game journalist because of EGM. Hmm. It was that good, and you know he had stories about meeting Sushi X, you know those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, EGM was like the authority. Um, you, they seem to have the most integrity too. Like there, there are stories of. Um, in fact, I think I might have a factoid about it. Factoid. Yeah. Uh, EGM uh, twice advertisers um, threatened to pull dollars from their magazine after EGM, you know, gave their games not so favorable reviews. Oh, yes, I'd heard this. Yeah, and you know, can you do you remember the name of the publisher that that uh, tried to pull this? It's a pretty big one. I think you said it before. Um maybe not I, just tell me. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, sometimes you're so good at guessing my factoids. Uh, I want to win this round. Uh Capcom Capcom. It no, was, I wouldn't have guessed them. Yeah, it was I Capcom. Wouldn't. They were the little whiny babies. Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, Capcom was not happy for... Um, oh, wait. No, no. I'm sorry. It was two different companies. Cap, oh, okay. Capcom wasn't happy about a review that was given by Super Street Fighter. Really? Super Street Fighter 2. Yep. They weren't happy with that. I wonder what they said about Super Street Fighter. I don't know, was... man, but they... 
I guess they just didn't give it all nines across the board. They, Were I, they just tired of buying another Street Fighter? I guess, I guess. Uh, but Acclaim also threatened to pull money. Now, see, Acclaim is like kind of who I was... Because uh, I was thinking like Ultra, Acclaim... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, average games at best, right? right? But it was Total Recall. They, they gave a really cruddy review, Total Recall. Uh, but both times, EGM was like, you know what? Pull your ads. We don't care. And we're not, you know, we're not just going to give you a favorable review because you give us money. I cut up this issue. <laughs> I know I, I scoffed, but we, we all did stuff like that. Probably. Yeah, it, it had like Super Mario Brothers 3 in it, and I cut it out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, just like before, it might be cool to... Oh, well, first we'll talk about, you know, when, the, when EGM was founded. Uh, March 1989 was the first issue. Well, this one that I had was the oldest one that I could find. I don't see a date. I do see it says number 10. Mm. Yeah, March 1989. So it ran from 89 to 2009. So 20 years. Uh, then it, it went away for a bit. And then it came back in 2010 and ran for another four years. Well, and at its peak... Maybe this is one of your factoids, I don't know. But I, I recall at its peak, it even was putting out like two magazines at once because it split off the EGM2. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's um it's not a factoid necessarily as much as it is, you know, like we'll we'll get to it in the chronological order of the games. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, you're right though. Uh, EGM was massive. I mean, and, and the magazines were getting massive too. Uh, you know, it started out pretty modestly. Uh, but after a couple of years, as the different systems were coming out and more and more games were being released, you know, the issues would get huge. You and know, like, and I around Christmas myself, time, oh yeah, they like, would get so fat. They would get so fat. And uh, yeah, okay, here's one that I have. No, no, that's not That's it. Game Pro. That's Game Pro. Uh, this one's pretty fat. That is that I one pretty have. fat? This one that has Zelda on the cover. Yeah, okay. So, you know, there, that's this, like an example of what EGM looks like. Dick. Pretty thick. And uh, I'm sure that was probably like a November, December type issue. December 1991. Yeah, yeah they always got real thick. They get real time. big. You know, like, you know, early in the year, they were pretty thin. By the end of the year, they were pretty thick. Well, because they'd also have buyer's guides and stuff. And this them. one's had a lot of love. <laughs> that one's been red cover to cover a lot of times. And yeah. Mm hmm. Ugh. Corners are all curled. But yeah, EGM, if you can get to the. One of the sections, or a couple of the sections that were kind of like notable for EGM, where uh, the review crew, of course. Hey, here's a Sony unveils PlayStation technology. Oh yeah, International Electronics Show. So there's like the PlayStation prototype. <laughs> Look at that bad boy. And this is where we got our information. You know, these early sections. Is that a Quarterman section by any chance? Quarterman was like a no, big deal. Yeah, Gaming gossip. Gaming gossip. Yeah, show that, that off. Oh yeah, the the Q man. The Q man. <laughs> not much to see. Just yeah, you know, text, it's not much but... to see, but it was always like one page, and he'd give you some really I good remember, gossip. I remember. I remember uh, reading like some rumors about Super Street Fighter in the Q man gossip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you know these these magazines over time, they they started getting taken more and more seriously journalistically. And uh, so, you know, when you're, when you're talking to these companies, they would reveal information about games well before the street dates. So this, this um, you know, this section, the gaming gossip, 
was a place to where they could give you a little bit. Like they couldn't spell it out in so many words, but you had it. There was something substantial to it. Like if it was in there, something was to it. Like you, you, it wasn't just like pie in the sky. Like it would be great if this happened. It was usually like a prelude of something that was coming down the down the pipe very yeah. soon. Mm. But um, the review, the review crew, you gotta. Can you? Flip to that section. What is it in the front? Here's like my favorite section. Oh boy, we're gonna get to this yeah. too. <laughs> Order stuff online, or not, not even online by telephone. Yeah, <laughs> but look, but look who it is. Die, Die hard. hard. Yeah, they they'll come in the future. Yeah, they'll come into play. Very interesting that they're advertising an EGM, is it not? Yes. <laughs> uh, but so, anyway, that that's a little like. Um, foreshadowing i guess you'd say isn't the review crew there it is yeah so the review crew was awesome i loved this format it was always my favorite they'd split it up into consoles and then you'd get like a little bit of um uh synopsis of the game and then there'd be the different guys here uh and what each of their opinion was because maybe one guy loved it and another guy not so much yeah so you got the big fat number to give you like well this is for sure like nowadays when you go to like an ign a lot of times people stroll right to the bottom of the review just to see the score well they show you the score in big numbers right there uh they very rarely gave it a, a i think a 10 was like the only 10 i think they ever really gave was for that um Metal Gear Solid, I think they gave a 10. Mm. That might have been the first 10 they ever gave. Yeah. But, you know, e each month they would have the same guys reviewing. And I liked it a lot because you kind of get to know the personalities of the, of the guy. Yeah. It, it was one of those first instances where, you know, you, you didn't just get, like, some anonymous guy with his review, and you didn't know from month to month what his favorite games were. Uh, there would be guys in the review crew whose forte was sports games. Or there'd be like Sushi X was like the fighting games guy. Yeah. You know, so they were the, your authority, you know. Like if, if a game got a six, but Sushi X gave it an eight, you're like, well, maybe that guy's just not a big fighting game, yeah, game right, fan. Right. Sushi X said it was an eight. I'm going to tend to like lean towards his opinion. So the review crew was one of those first instances in a magazine that gave you that, you know, more than one guy, you get just a really like quick synopsis. It, you know, they, they would have other sections of the magazine that would give a more in-depth opinion of the game. But that was a section I would flip to, like, right away. Like, what what score did this game get? And that's, based on their score, is whether, a lot of times, depending on whether I was going to buy that game. Right. So, you know, like, nowadays, people go to, you know, your aggregate sites like Metacritic or, you know, for movies, Rotten Tomatoes. And they do the same thing now. Uh, as they, you know, as EGM did back in the day with the review crew. You just got your number, and uh, I thought it was really cool. I really got a kick out of that. Um, <laughs> April Fools, uh, EGM kind of <laughs> kicked off that whole tradition. Long. Yeah, I'm you pretty must sure. Defeat Shen Long to stand a chance. Yeah, they every April they would. Uh, you didn't know it wasn't a section in the magazine. It was just somewhere in that issue. We probably don't have an April issue, do we? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even. I didn't oh, really yes. think ahead of time. February. We would have been February. smart to February. bookmark with posted sections of magazines to flip right to in advance. Oh, the, but I bet this is the one, the issue before that famous April Fool's joke. You want to flip that over? We brought some of our favorite issues of EGM just to kind or, of show Or it. actually two months before, because this is February. So then mm. the, I bet mm. the, the April issue after this one is probably the uh, 
the Shenlong one. Here's a, can you hold that one up, please? This is one of my favorite issues of EGM. Uh, this is back when they were still doing the Consumer Electronics Show pre-EGM. And uh, right here you got uh, cover, like a little blurb. Like the big deal was Battletoads, but here we have Sonic. First time I ever heard of Sonic. First time you ever heard of Sonic. Yep, it, they, they'd seen it at the show apparently, and they were like, you know, you guys be on the lookout for this game. This is Sega Genesis. You know, it's a really cool game. Everybody's really excited about this game. And, you know, sure enough, it went on to be like a phenomenon. <laughs> there's a there's a code for Ninja Turtle arcade game here, and it just reminded me of the uh, oh. the next year. I'm pretty sure it was the next year yeah. that they had the code for uh, Ninja Turtles, that it was the April Fool's. To Simon, Simon Belmont. Belmont yeah, and he was whipping, and he was whipping like a foot soldier. And I remember, like, they got me on it, too, because I was like, no, that's not real. There's no way. Yeah. And then I just kept thinking about it, like, yeah. well, maybe... They're both made by Konami, and you know I just kept like. They really only truly got you a few it. times. I I just kept justifying it in my <laughs> head that maybe it's possible. And, yeah. Yeah, like I really wanted it to work because oh, it was yeah. so cool. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. So yeah, they're both Konami properties. Well, it was Ultra, but they so, were of course Konami. I did actually try doing <laughs> the code, like, I, I don't know, a, a handful of times. Yeah. And finally gave up. Like, yeah, it's not real. Yeah, I, I just remember, like, after a couple times of getting fooled, I knew it was April coming up. I'm like, then it just became this fun, like, little, like, well, what's the April Fool's joke in here? And they would always do a pretty convincing you know, job. And they usually give it away with, like, whoever they show that, like, wrote in the tip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll have, like, the person's name be, like, a play on words, like, right. April Fools or something like yeah, that. Yeah, not that on the nose, but, but something like it. But I never paid attention to that. No, I no. Ne I never once read, like, who sent the tip in. I'm focused <laughs> on the picture and the headline, so, and that's it. Yeah, if you actually looked at that, then <laughs> they give it away right there. Yeah, it wasn't too hidden, but um, that's a fun thing they did. And uh, so, like... And, and I, I wrote down Sushi X, because Sushi X was, like, mysterious. And uh, you, you'd sometimes know, like, what the review crew looked like, but Sushi X was always, like, a silhouette. So, you know, I don't yeah, even know what the yeah. guy looked like. Yeah, but, I remember that. Um, but so, so there's that one. There's, like, I a question it. mark kind of. I thought this one was kind of neat, because it refers to Super Mario World as Super Mario 4. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um that's gonna like which and it really is it you, is you want me to hold it yeah yeah you're doing a good job it, there you know and, and it really is super mario brothers 4 yep. super mario world or i or maybe the other way around super mario world super mario brothers 4 is like the full title on the japanese box art and was it you or ruth that caught my typo from our classics uh definitive list or um, I put super mario super mario 4 instead of super mario world oh i think i saw that one yeah uh, th this was like a one that I really like. It was after Champions Edition was kind of you know, a thing. So that that was a cool issue. I remember really liking that one. Um, let's see. That that's those are like the main EGMs that I had. You put up that Strider one. I remember that one pretty vividly. With the old logo. Mm-hmm. Yep, the old logo. So that's a pretty good issue. There's Bart Simpson down there. Um, why don't you pull up in that one page you were showing me too? Like, you know, you had mentioned that oh, you yeah. would, you would like, recognize a I, magazine by its cover. But... Yeah, I recognize this cover. Like, oh, I know there's something cool in this one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I started flipping through it, 
And uh, hopefully I can find it. Yeah, that is Bonk. He's pretty cool. Yeah, that was an exclusive he's on, preview. He's on the cover. Yep, there it is. That, but yeah, this. Yeah, when, when this game was coming out, we were just thirsty for any kind of information we could get on it. So to see that overworld map like that. And I think there's like, you know, there, there's these two pages, and then you flip it over, and there's like two more pages. And I think that's like all they show of mm -hmm. Super Mario World. Yeah. Yep, that's it. That, that's all they show. But man, you just pour over these few pages just over and over and over. Yeah. Until it's just there's a lot going on in these ingrained like, couple pages. into your head. Mm-hmm. But EGM, man, they they were just the top. They were the best. Uh, so let's see. Let's what kind of factoids. Um, oh, um, so you remember like in the review crew they had the game of the month. Uh, I don't know like how juicy this factoid is, but I never noticed it. If if a game received game of the month, um, the then if there were a, there was a port of that same game, it was not eligible for game of the month. So like you had a oh, lot. Oh yeah, of, okay. So so like Street Fighter games like that, you know. They what would, though? If it was like technically like an upgrade to the game, like how Street Fighter Street Fighter Two was on Super Nintendo, and then Genesis got Street Fighter Two Special Champions Edition. So it's technically it's a different. It game. is a different game, but I, I don't know. They they did they definitely made that distinction like it was a rule so it must have come up. Uh, let's see. This is cool. Hutchin Hawk on the cover, but <laughs> down here that's at the not bottom, the cool part. Yeah, the, it's like a portable Nintendo. Yep. Now that didn't actually come out, obviously, but so is that just like a prototype S that they were sneak a peek at Camerica's portable NES and Game Boy converter. So I guess it plays Game Boy games too. I wonder if I can find that in the issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the uh, it'll play Game Boy games with like an NES kind of oh, cartridge. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, okay. So it was the, the Game Boy and then resting, in, it was like the actual NES format or form factor cartridge. Yeah, and you slide the Game Boy in there. I don't remember this thing ever coming out. Nah, but it must have never Surely there out. was some sort of working prototype, though. Maybe, but And, you know, maybe it was released in Japan or something, too. Like, yeah. we, we maybe just never saw it here in the States. It says The Express on the top. Like the Turbo Express? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that it's... You know, it's got, like... It's got these two buttons. Like... Like they're the A and B button, mm -hmm. maybe? I don't know. Maybe it's Start and Select. But then there's, like, these two controller ports that you gotta, like actually plug in a controller that's probably start and select it, it yeah because they can't be like regular buttons there's no d-pad plus it would be weird to like rest your hand over the speaker too like that yeah but so, interesting nonetheless so it's like some kind of handheld but you got to plug a controller into it we were flipping through some of these magazines before and you came across the console that we were laughing about what was it the marty yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what issue uh, that was in? No. Oh, that was hilarious. I don't remember. What oh, you got to, well, you could show off your other EGMs, but there's one there you just showed that I remembered pretty fondly. Uh, the, and it, Super Nintendo Buyer's Guide? Yeah, the Buyer's Guide was cool. Uh, oh, look, look at that. The Mega Drive, the, the Mega CD Drive down there at the uh, bottom. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I, like, was drooling over that back in the day. Oh, here's the uh, scored Mario. Super Mario World, oh. straight nines. How about that? Cool. 
Why don't you read off just one of the one of their opinions, just real quick, because it's just a few sentences. You want Steve, Ed, Martin, or Sushi X? Give me Sushi X. Here you have it. The ultimate Mario adventure. Super Mario World is a perfect subtitle with 96 areas to explore. Everything just plain blew me away. Only one game in this genre rates higher in my book, but since tens are impossible, Sonic will have to share the same rating. Oh! oh. So Sonic the Hedgehog was, at, at the time, his favorite, I guess. Interesting. And that's so that's your your fighting guru guy. Oh, and they even they must be playing the Japanese version because I, I noticed that they even at the top they call it Super Mario Four. But he does in his review say Super Mario World. Yeah, he did. Hmm, interesting. Oh man, I just want to sit down and read all of these magazines over again. There's an F Zero. I see. What was I? Oh, I was looking for that. Yeah, uh, the Marty. Well, it was a console that I guess never really came out. It was supposed to be a 32-bit console. You said it looked like a 3DO. I remember you said, oh, this looks like a 3DO. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, in this one with the, the Street Fighter Special Champions Edition. Yep, that cover. We were just kind of flipping <laughs> through it, and we found it, it looks kind of like a 3DO. Look at that controller, but... dude. <laughs> It's called the Marty. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know if we get in on this, but it's like the new 32-bit Marty. <laughs> it, the, the name's big on the controller. Oh, yeah. There we go. You can, it's kind of in focus there. You can see. Get to the middle. Look at that thing. <laughs> the Marty. My God. It looks like a, like a really crappy third-party computer controller. <laughs> New 32-bit game system from FM Towns, whoever they are. Man, this this is around that time when, you know, I'd mentioned it in a previous episode where everybody was trying to get their hands in the video game market. It's got floppy drives. It's got a floppy drive. Jesus. Uh, oh, show up that advertisement there, man. That's pretty funny. <laughs> With uh, the controller. <laughs> yeah. And I remember really liking this advertisement, and... I look at it now and I think, why the heck is there a ribbon cable and like all these crazy wires coming out of it? Yeah, it, it's an advertisement for the audio listeners. Sorry, guys. It's an advertisement for the uh, Super Advantage yeah, uh, for the got, SNES. They've got like a Street Fighter <coughs> 2 control panel that they ripped out, <clears throat> but they've just like put all these like... Look at the layout of the buttons too. It's like two and four. Like what like arcade does like, that? computer chips and stuff hanging out of it so weird wouldn't even come from that but uh yeah that that's just classic 90s advertisement right there <laughs> um but yeah egms were great they were like the biggest magazines they always had the most information it seemed and like <clears throat> they would have a, a section in the back it was usually like the very last page that was like game over and it would show the mm. ending there we go again super mario world the ending of a game that was pretty oh, spoiler cool. alert you guys yes yeah, <laughs> oh, if, if you haven't beat super mario world shame yet, on you close your eyes yeah uh but yeah they they had that little feature at the end of each magazine yeah so that's pretty cool mm -hmm. so yeah so egm it was uh i mean there was no section of that magazine that was not interesting to me yeah egm rang supreme for quite some time Yep. 
All right, so um, we're going to move along to the next uh, magazine in our tribute. And uh, this this is one that, you know, it's maligned. It's it's not anybody's favorite by any means, but Game Pro. Game Pro was like the one that it was like, you just, you felt obligated to buy it for yeah. some reason, but it was... And you want to hold that one up? But it, yeah, it was... And this one's fat. It is fat. But... Yeah, it was, like, everybody got it, but it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was like the magazine your clueless aunt would buy you, like, oh, I heard you're into video games, you know, like, she'd get the game pro. Um, but it, it's one of the originals. Um, first issue came out in April of 1989, so just a month after EGM came out, game pro was out. Um, and, you know, it was famous for that shitty art. I'm just going to say it was awful. <laughs> the cover art was always terrible. Like, they never seemed to get cool artists to do their work. And I've got a factoid for you it right was, off the jump. It, it, I guarantee it was, like, just whoever the guy in the office was that, was, well, I can kind of draw, you know? Like, <laughs> but you're wrong, Nick. <laughs> you got a job. <laughs> a professional artist was uh, a guy. Uh, okay, now... When you think about terrible game box art, what game Don't tell me it's the Mega Man 1 box art guy. Close. It's the Mega Man 2 box art guy. That really crappy <laughs> Mega Man art that like everybody hates. Not the cool Japanese version of Mega Man. So so the Mega Man 2 guy? Yeah. So, did... Well, maybe not this particular issue right here. Uh, the, here's the factoid for you. Um, so when the when the magazine came out, I guess they wanted to give it some um, some credibility. They hired this illustrator named Mark Erickson. Mark Erickson was um, one of the he was a pro professional artist. One of his things that he was known for was video game box art, and that Mega Man Two box art. And I'll throw up an image of it here in the in the on the page or on the video. Uh, everybody remembers it. He they hired him um, to. Um, for the first, let's see, which issues? Uh, the first eight issues of GamePro, the cover illustrations were from that guy. What? And I guess they just carried on the tradition of bad art. What did you say his name was? Uh, his name was Mark Erickson. Well, because this has like a little MAO 93. I don't know if... It he, looks like typical crappy I, game. I don't know <laughs> if he would sign his name MAO... Can we? It almost looks like, you know, like every magazine had that section where people would draw on the envelope. It's, uh, it's under Fox's foot, if you can see it. Yeah. Uh, but do you remember that? Like, uh, one section, like all the magazines did it. There'd be, like, art on the envelope of whatever letter they would send into the magazine to hope it would get printed under the uh, letters to editor or that kind of section that every magazine had. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it looked like that kind of art. Like, you know, a kid who could clearly draw. I remember, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I remember. Uh, oh, the rating system. Yeah, this Game, is very unique. Game Pro's rating system, it was kind of cool. They, I, I did. I liked it, it. It had the little excited faces. Mm-hmm. And the snoozy guy that was the one. Yeah. And it went in increments of .5, so it was like, the lowest score you could get was 1.0. They never scored a game lower than that. No, so no game ever got 0. .5. Yeah. And then like 5.0 was like the dude with his mind being blown. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, the, the background's like red hot. When, when you see the excited guy, you know the game's good. 
That's the only factoid I have for Game Pro, but it's such a juicy one. I love that factoid. <laughs> the, the, the correlation of crummy art. Like, this guy is a crummy artist. Sorry, dude. Mark, you're out there, I know. You're not watching our video or listening to our podcast, but if you are, I'm sorry. But the fact is, you're not that good. <laughs> Game Pro is the Pelican. Oh, no. <laughs> They're the Pelican controller of magazines. <laughs> Nothing about it. Everything about it just ring, like, rings second rate. Pelican, yeah. Um, but like you said, you bought them because you just devoured that news. And another thing yeah. I remember about Game Pro and is it's always seemed... like it's it's almost like that you've already bought like the new issue of Nintendo Power and the new issue of EGM, and so you've been looking through those, and so now you you're at the grocery store with mom, and so you see Game Pro, and so <sighs> yes, I'll get that Game Pro. Mom, can I get this? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't fight too hard, you know. Like mom, if she doesn't get it for you, you're like that's okay. I'm not gonna like you know put on the full court press to get this magazine. <laughs> Uh, but I, the other thing I remember about Game Pro is it always seemed like they were a month or two behind in their coverage. Like it, yeah. it never, I never feel like Game Pro broke a big story. They were just always kind of lagging behind. Like you know that that kid who had the the thing that was cool last season comes along and says like I got this. You're like I got that last year. <laughs> you know like that's Game Pro magazine. <laughs> and if I did bring it into school, I probably snuck it under, you know, something like I'm reading a Game Pro like in an algebra book on the inside. Like I don't want anybody to know I'm reading Game Pro. <laughs> but you know, but the color, you know, the pages are, you know, it's it's not a bad magazine. I want to I want to stress that the only it's it's the art, man. I mean, that's what makes it bad. I think <laughs> that it's poor such guy, a, <laughs> such a stigma. <laughs> But you know this this guy he didn't do the cover of this. But look how horrible! I flip to it again, dude. Look how awful this Ninja Turtle is. I could have drawn a better Ninja Turtle back in the day, and it's like airbrushed almost looking. Like it's just terrible. Look at his eyes. Well, the I found like a uh, the, this right here where we had the uh, where the game score was. Yeah. That Ryu. That's like the traditional like those shadings. That that's. That's Game Pro art right there. <laughs> it was the cross hatching and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that cross hatching <laughs> stuff. Yeah, they 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 were just not good, man. Um, but I bought them. I bought them not as frequently as the other magazines, but like you said, you just picked them up. I bet if it had really cool art, I would love Game Pro. Well, Game Pro ran from '89 to 2011, so that's a pretty impressive run. Um, and for known fours, you know, <laughs> I put cartoon like avatars and crappy game art <laughs> cover art. I mean, but yeah, they, they would have like little cartoony avatars. Like you never, you never knew who you could never put a face to the reviewer like you could EGM. Um, they, they would, and, and other magazines kind of did that too. They would kind of like come up with the little avatar guy yeah. and that would be who they were known, but. Um, I never liked that. Game fan springs to mind. Game fan springs to yeah, mind. Yeah, like here's yeah. here's one of those avatars. Okay, you find one? I have no idea who this guy is. I don't even remember that. Yeah. So, you know, I, you and some people might have liked that and found it charming. I, I always thought it was kind of cheesy. Like this guy's like a scary clown. Whatever. All right, let's not linger on Game Pro, okay? <laughs> Uh, because we have a much more interesting magazine to get to next. Uh, in uh, October of 1992, we get... Game Fan? Game Fan. Okay. Die Hard Game Fan. 
Well, uh, so October of 92 was the first one, right? Is mm -hmm. that what you said? Cause That's right. This is the first one I ever got. It's January of 93. Okay. So, so. for sure one of the early ones. And there, well, there's the uh, the uh, monitor guy. Yeah, that's like Mr. Game Fan right there. Yep, he he appeared in the uh, advertisements for the Die Hard Game Fan. Now, Nick, what was can you and you ordered from these things? But can you describe what it actually was that you know, the origin of Game Fan? Like, what was the store? Well, I've been to the store once, or one of the stores. I don't know how many there may have been. There were a few, um, I think. But the original one was in Los Angeles. But it it was. Um, and it was the L.A. area, I, I want to say Monrovia, which this will probably say, was the one I went to. And it, it was really a rather small place, kind of a little hole-in-the-wall place. Yeah, it reminds me of that little toy place that you, you know, was. it's over near your house that we mentioned. Well, this is time. Tarzana, California. Maybe that was just like where their mail went to or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but... Um, here, show the, uh, oh, we, show, we showed it in the other magazine, but yeah, they advertise these same ads in EGM. And, uh, but it, it was really, really cool though, because I mean, you know, like the whole kind of anime import kind of thing is, is getting pretty popular now in mm. a lot of stores. I mean, you even find like a lot of import stuff at like Target now that, um, you know, back then you, you it was it was rare to see, and so you either phoned it in and mailed it, or there were these specialty shops like this diehard game fan, and uh, it it was just really cool to see all these Japanese things that you know you would not see anywhere else. You know, Suncoast Video had stuff like that too. I remember, yeah, like they had like they a did. back section of Suncoast Video. They did, yeah, and uh, so it's just cool, just to you know you you couldn't find that stuff anywhere else. But Game Fan was, um, they, they came along a bit late in the game, but they were just a quality magazine. Yeah, they, I mean, it, they it really rival like EGM. That, like, is that hammer mill paper? Or, you know, that's like some quality <laughs> paper right there. I don't know, man, but uh, as, as good as Game Fan was, um, and I've got some interesting, uh, let's see. So, yeah, uh, Factoid, obviously, they began as an advertisement supplement to sell import games from Japan. That was, like, their big thing to get started. Um, let's see. Let me let me get to the beginning of the end and run day. Okay, so Die Hard Game Fan began in October 92 and ran through to December 2000. You know, and to be fair, I was not in love with the artist for Game Fan either. I didn't I like the Game Fan art, but they had very nice screenshots and, and the nice, you know, thick pages. It was started by this guy named Dave Halverson. He was the uh, the guy who ran the stores, started the magazine, and he he apparently had a mullet. Is that mullet guy? That's the mulleted one, as they would get. He would come to be known uh, by other the staff members of the of the of the site uh, of the of the of the magazine. Um. So let we were talking about the good for starters. Let's let's talk about some of the sections. So they had the um, really high quality uh, pages, beautiful screenshots. Like mm -hmm. they would have screenshots that would take up like the whole page. And I remember uh, I just passed it. That this one issue in particular was like all about fighting games. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there was like 
And in fact, that was on the cover was about the Street Fighter Two boss codes, and you could use the Game Genie for Street yeah. Fighter Two on the Super Nintendo, but it it didn't work. It just ended up making the game crash. Like you would get like Bison versus Bison, and then it'd be like round one fight, and and the game would crash. Yeah, yeah. So. Didn't you say we we were? Yeah, you and I, we were just like randomly just like punching in numbers of codes, like just hoping to find some codes to do cool things, but yeah, it was garbage. I don't, I must have done something with it, but one of my favorite issues was um, Earthworm Jim. I, I learned about Earthworm Jim in an issue of Game Fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember it very clearly. Um, you know, picking up, there was a little blurb about it, and they were like, man, this game looks really cool. I think it's going to be a big deal. Um, well, this one's cool. Oh, this, this one's is a got, cool one, yeah. Got like Mario 64 on the cover. Yeah, so this is like the newer style, like the multicolored block letters. You Man, know. and I'm so upset. I don't know if you could see like this there at the top where it's got like the little void void sticker. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I took it to... Make, or it, it was when we worked at McDonald's in that Walmart. Oh, they, def they defaced it. Yeah, and so I brought this with me, and you know how Walmart is. It's like everything you bring in, it's they've got to put a sticker on it, so you're not yeah. like you know still like walking out with something that. You well, gotta... yeah, they had Game Fan for sale, I'm sure, at Walmart. So yeah, so so they put this sticker on it, and when I peeled that off, it left these void, void, void all over Son my magazine. <laughs> Yeah, but so Dave Halverson was um he he was a shady guy apparently. Uh, well, you know like we had mentioned how um they had avatars uh similar to GamePro. Uh like Major Mike I think was one. Yeah. Uh, that sounds familiar. Postmeister, uh, you know, like Oh were, yeah, that he was always dressed up like a mailman. Yeah, well <laughs> and, and that was a really fun issue, like a resection of the Postmeister, but um Dave Halverson actually would write as these uh, avatars like multiple avatars in the magazine and a lot of times you know how like magazines will have uh, differing opinions of a game like you'll have like well this is what i think about the game and then there'll be like another guy who would like well this is what i think about the game and there'd be like an opposite point of view yeah a lot of times he would pretend to be both guys oh yeah yeah i mean just real shady stuff like that uh, like here's I recognize E Storm. Yeah, and I held that up. I like how they reviewed it. Like they actually went uh, on a scale of a hundred. I like that. That kind of gave you. It feels like it was a bit more nuanced, not just an eight, nine, seven. You know, like if you had a seven, is it a high seven or a low seven? You don't know. But if you had a seventy-nine, it's almost an eighty or an eight. So, yeah. thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, those, those images sometimes were the same guy. <laughs> hmm. Um. Some uh, it, well, okay. I, I'll tell you the story. I was I was doing some research and I wanted to find some stuff on Game Fan because I was just curious as to why they just disappeared. You know, they were real big and popular, and then they just disappeared out of nowhere. Yeah, they took my money and ran. Yeah, um, and then they 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 disappeared. They came back shortly after, and I, I remember subscribing to that, and I got like two issues out of that new run, and then they just stopped sending magazines, and I didn't get a card. Saying like we're on, we gone under, you know. They just stopped sending <laughs> magazines. Sorry, you got nothing. And evidently, it was because Game Fan didn't like to pay their bills. Uh, they a lot of times apparently. Oh, oh first I'm gonna get back to this source of where I'm getting some of this information. I was doing some research and I came across this um, web page where a guy had found a website. It was a forum, and it was an old Game Fan 
website like devoted to game fan because game fan has this like real devoted following game fan readers like it's a it's a legendary magazine and it i think like a lot of things that become legendary like it just got like whisked away like out of nowhere like it's gone yeah so we're like what there's always like what happened to game fan so you know like they started this forum and apparently like uh former employees of the magazine caught wind of this site and they started like registering names on the this you know the message board so they could post stories about what went down really at game fan yeah. and it's so juicy I and mean, there's like it, it just like smacks of like you know former employees who just want to like you know get stuff off their chest and you tell these stories and it's all one-sided and a lot of it's against this dave halverson guy like they he was not a popular figure and he's gone on to uh, do other magazines too um but you, apparently he, yeah he would uh the staff he would go go like months without paying people on the staff mm. uh there were store there were tons of stories where people would claim to get a paycheck and then they would literally like have to leave the office and rush to the bank and try to cash their paycheck because you didn't know when the money was going to run out like some right. people would cash their check and get paid some people wouldn't they'd have to wait a few days or weeks mm. or months because waiting for you know checks to clear um he would take the ma uh, you know the magazine to different print companies and uh, run up bills and then like not pay and then take his magazine to other print shops and then run up bills and not pay and then there he was like in and out of courtrooms a lot like mm. he just like was really a dirty businessman that's too bad uh, they got in big trouble um, over this and I don't remember this myself but maybe you will in 95 they had a magazine where one of the reviews uh, had this like slanderous uh, it, it, something like Jap bastard it was a. It was an. Um, remember the. There was like a Capcom game. It was like 1942 or something, and uh, there was a a review for a football game. And in the football game, they had the review for that other game like in it. So right away, like they messed up putting a review of some other game in another game. But somewhere in that text, like there was a slanderous term like "jet bastard" or something, mm. and it was supposed to not go to print. But it did. It was like a filler, and like apparently like, there was this like inside joke in the office about jet bastards. I kind of, I vaguely remember something about that. Well, they got in big trouble over that, so that probably was like a beginning of the end for them. Yeah. They they printed some story the following month saying like we're really sorry we we have a vindictive printer you know like they they had some excuse. And I can imagine why if they're not paying their employees. Maybe that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, they got in big trouble another time over a review, uh, a review copy of Resident Evil Two. Apparently, like one of the employees had uh, burned a copy of one of the review copies that Capcom gave them, yeah. and it ended up in like the used bin of a video game store. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and it and so they can trace those back to whomever the sort, like whoever it was supposed to go to, right. and it turned out it was a game fan review oh, copy. Man. So like they got in big trouble. Like Capcom sued them over that. Oh, wow. Like for years, apparently, like Capcom would not even like send them like test games, and if they did have a game for them to play, a representative would literally like sit with them and make sure like they weren't doing anything they weren't supposed to be doing with this stuff. Jeez. Uh, it's just crazy the stuff that went on in this magazine and it's a shame because it was such a great magazine yeah yeah. and it sounds to me too like the people that were you know on this website venting their frustrations you know it's a lot of time obviously has passed and they're like I hope the guy's different now and he's not like he was but uh, apparently you know he, like I said he, he was the head guy at other places and he was pulling some of the same crap 
You know, so it's just one of those guys. Yeah, I don't. I see something that reminds me. I don't see the actual ten hit combo, but you remember playing like Tekken two, and uh, I would always play Bake Dusan because I knew like how to do his ten hit combo thing. Yeah. That you know, here's how. You know, it would show like the each button to do like the combos. Oh yeah, that, look at that. That's nice. Yeah, so that's how I would like keep practicing and memorizing those well because they would put the button layout like right around the yeah but th this one it only shows the six four and eight hit though i know there was a 10 hit that is what i so did you know how they got those really good screenshots no i don't um okay so one of the guys what he did was he convinced the guys you know the head offices of game fan to go out and spend a bunch of money on this video capture card that where they would hook an rgb monitor Okay. Through like a gaming system, and it had an input to a computer, and they could take pixel perfect screenshots. Makes sense. Of every game. Yeah. And that was revolutionary at the time. Yeah, because they absolutely had the best screenshots. So whereas like some companies might have just had like a blurry image of a of a screenshot, they had pixel perfect images. Mm -hmm. And uh, another interesting little story was um, the guy who kind of pioneered that technique. I'm sorry, I don't have his name. And it probably was because he didn't want to give his real name. But he went to work for another, uh, I think it was PSX Magazine. Um, yeah. yeah, and he was doing that same technique over there. And that guy tried to sue him. Not over, like, a technology infringement, but, like, the technique he claimed belonged to GameFan. Like, the technique of hooking up an RGB monitor and, like, with inputs in a video capture card. Like, that was his. That's... <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But that right there, that's one of the coolest things about Game Fan, too. The Game Fan books. Those oh, strategy yeah. Guides. Look at those bad boys. Yeah, because there was like the Darkstalkers, Strategy Guide, and Killer Instinct, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Th those were. Uh, what's that company that always makes strategy guides now? Prima. Prima. Yeah. Prima is like the only one you ever see. Yeah, they're it. I hated Prima. They're not that great. Game Fan was where it was at, and then I was so sad when that that was no more, and all you can get is Prima. Yeah, and I'm and I apologize too. Like I have a lot of my factoids are real negative things. I'm only bringing them up because you can't find what happened with Game Fan. Yeah, if you try to research Game Fan, it's all the crappy stuff. Yeah. Well, not only that, but like nothing's out there. I just happened to find this thread of this guy. Like he took, yeah. it was like a 200 pages long thread in a message board, and he condensed all the best stuff. Because I remember one, and this was years ago, that it just popped in my head. Like, what happened to Game Fan? Yeah. And I tried to research it, and I couldn't find nothing. It it's anything. very difficult. So, like, I just wanted to share some of these things. Like, they're just like little, you know. And maybe I'll try and put a link to that page that I found, so that you people can go and read some of this stuff for yourself fascinating like i spent hours going down this wormhole of these stories that everyone posted fascinating fascinating stuff and uh, i'll be sure to try and find that and post a link down in the uh, comments somewhere but you know i, I just want to like reiterate that you know game fan was the second best game magazine and it was by a short thin margin it really was i almost at times feel like i was just loyal to egm would buy that magazine and claim it to be my favorite.
But part of me thinks maybe Game Fan was my favorite. Game Fan was my favorite. It was Nick's favorite. I, yeah, I'll just straight up say it. It was yeah. my favorite. I mean, I loved EGM, and I bought them all. You know, I mean, oh I, yeah, because like I said, I was even buying Game Pro. I don't know why, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but we yeah. were hurt. We were just thirsty for Game, gaming knowledge. Game Fan was my favorite. Yeah, it, it was a fantastic magazine. I loved them quite a bit. It's um, a shame that it was run into the ground. Yeah, too bad. Um, so what do you say we move on to the next magazine, Nick? Moving on. Moving on. Uh, okay, so um, you had touched on this. In the height of EGM's popularity, they spawned a, a spinoff magazine, maybe the first ever of its kind. Yeah. Where, um, yeah, so... Yeah, EGM two. Starting in nineteen ninety four. EGM two. EGM two, and that's still in its still plastic bag. crisp in its plastic <laughs> wrapper. Yeah, EGM two from ninety four to nineteen ninety eight. Uh, I don't remember its run being that long actually, but it uh, was primarily um, like tips and codes and tricks and strategies. Oh my goodness! And what is there like robot? Is that demon nipple? Robot demon nipple. You know, I, I think it's just a hard, you know, like it's not like full, fle like bare flesh. I think it's some kind of top covering it up, but it is really it, cold. It's cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it could be like the bat nipples, you know, from uh, Batman and Robin. Uh, but yeah, EGM2 really, I, I didn't get a lot of them. It was a neat thing at first. Yeah, I, I was, well, and it was like you felt obligated to get it. Like Game Pro in a way. Yeah, they came out monthly too, and I think they came out staggered. Like every, like you know, you if EGM came out at the beginning of the month, it would come out towards the and middle of the month. It seems like there was some sort of different um, like layout about it that it was different than EGM, and I forget how. I tell you what, when, uh, we're we're tinkering with the idea of doing a new series of uh, videos where um, we're gonna like actually read through every ma like every page of a magazine. We'll crack we'll crack this baby open, and and do an EGM two one day. Well, and I've I've got a number of EGM twos at home, so we can we'll, we'll have we we don't need to open like your sealed one. Okay, we, if you got, got one at home, that that's the only one yeah, I have. Yeah, I've because I've actually got a couple sealed ones at home too. I don't <laughs> know why, but uh, yeah, I this think has got a Babbage. Got here, I want to see that Babbage sticker. Can you see that? That just uh, brings back memories. Yeah. Yeah, the, that's what Babbage's stickers look like. Yeah, nowadays it's called GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Babbage's. Um, but yeah, EGM2 is just like a supplementary, you know, like magazine. It came out every uh, every month, uh, staggered so from your regular How long did that last? Uh, four years. So, wow, four years. Four years, yeah, longer than I thought. Uh, it seemed like, it, I only remember seeing him around for a couple of years, but... I just started probably ignoring them because I stopped buying them. And I, once you learned what it was, it, they didn't break news. Yeah, because it, it didn't really hit as big as EGM. No. They kind of, they started saturating the market with their own thing. Yeah, really. It's It truly is it's the case. And, you know, it. I just, I thought it was worth mentioning because it was a unique thing. It was a spinoff and... It, it was just, I guess, just to kind of give you in more in-depth. Like, if you were a guy who liked cheats and strategies, then you would probably love EGM2. Yeah. And you were like, well, I love getting news about, you know, this game, but I wish they spent yeah, more time talking about that, this game. That's what it was. Like, EGM had more of, like, the news, whereas this was more strategies. Mm -hmm. That's right. More in-depth yeah, yeah. coverage of that game. Yes. 
So, you know, but if there was a game, like, I'm sure they had some pretty significant fighting game issues, you know, you might have picked one up for that. Yeah. But anyways, we won't linger on that too much either. Um, that brings us to more present day magazines. Um, game Informer, which I don't even think I have an issue with that. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> flipping through any Game Informers. Yeah, I don't have one to show on screen, but you can still find Game Informer. It, yeah, we kind of talked about it at the beginning. Yeah, Game Informer uh, began in uh, 1991, uh, all the way up to current, so it's had a nice long run. But the thing about Game Informer is, when it began, it was the first issue was only six pages long. Six pages? Six pages. So very, it was probably very um, novice, like a fanzine again. Now, was Game Informer... Always uh, connected to GameStop slash Babbage's slash Electronic. I don't boutique. think so. Um, I, I think they didn't. It, it was some time after, I think. Cause uh, and that's probably when they became more circulized, too, is when GameStop got a hold of them. They're definitely connected now. The only reason I'd ever see one is if I went into a GameStop. Like, it's not like I will try to find a bookstore nowadays, period. But, yeah. you know, it. It, it, and today, nowadays, if you go into a like a bookstore, there's a lot of the like European style magazines out there. There's like a retro gamer magazine you can find, pick up on newsstands. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Game Informer is um, out there to pick up. But yeah, uh, once GameStop became involved with them, I'm sure their circulation grew exponentially, like through the roof. And uh, it, it's a free thing to get uh, as part of their loyalty rewards program. So, I mean, it's like almost a no-brainer uh, for $15. You know, you get that, like, discount on used games and accessories, which I take advantage of every so often. Um, but uh, just to get that magazine in my hands still, that feeling of getting it in the mail, and I still get excited. Mm -hmm. I got one the other day, and it was laying on the, um, you know, the landing page for the landing area of all the mail where it goes. And I'll see that game inform. I'm like, oh, game informer, you know. <laughs> and I'll, you know, I turn into like a 13 year old again. I'll take it and set it down on the table and start flipping through. So you know, it, it's still out there, and they still get um, big stories like breakthrough game you know, informer. But I should have mentioned this when we were talking about uh, EGM, because the the thought just occurred to me, you know, talking about game informer that you know, even though you you get all your info online now, and it, it's still kind of neat flipping through it, but. Um, but, you know, we kind of talked about how, you know, back then, you know, there was no internet, and, mm -hmm. and this is how you got your news. Right. But uh, sometimes there were secrets that were kept well. Mortal Kombat 2. Remember mm -hmm. that issue of Mortal Kombat 2 where it was like in EGM, and, and it's the cover story that it's unveiled. There's Mortal Kombat 2. I had no idea it was out or coming out. And it was like out like... Right then in the arcades, it was already out in the arcades. That was that exciting. I, mean, that, I miss things like that. Yeah, that that was like the biggest surprise. It wasn't like a hey, it's coming and I can't wait. It was like you saw it and it, it you can go to the arcade and it's out now. I can't think of anything in the history of games and magazines ever quite like that. that. Was the biggest secret I can ever remember. That how how did we not know that this was even already in development? I mean. Uh, yeah, because we were still high on Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it was big. It was huge at the and, time. And now Mortal Kombat Two is out. Right, that was out of crazy. nowhere. Crazy. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, a lot of companies still, you know, they'll they'll keep they'll hold things back just for Game Informer. 
Like, I remember when Destiny 2 was coming out, and they had an exclusive, you know, behind-the-scenes, like, you know, info. Like, it all broke on, you know, their website and also, like, in their magazine. Like, on their website, like, every other day, they would have, like, a new story about Destiny 2 that you could only get from them. And then IGN would get it. Uh, and then, you know, you pick up the issue of Game Informer. When it came out, there were just, like, several pages of stuff about Destiny 2. And, you know, again, news breaks on the internet like any minute so by the time you get the magazine it's all old news and a lot of times i mean they're trying to keep a lid on things but it leaks yeah things leak all the time yeah no rarely do things come out and be a surprise nintendo's like still the best at keeping surprises it seems like i mean with all like the data miners yeah data mining's a big deal i mean people because i'm reading like you know these rumors like for street fighter 5 that you know data miners have found this and that in it and so you know take it with a grain of salt it may not be true and it ends up usually being true it's like that with destiny too like you know like people would know all the weapons that were in the database and you know, like they they'd have like timed events in the game that you know like would it, you know like they might have data mined a weapon being available a year ago and then finally after a year it's a timed event drops in the game like but they knew there was yeah. images of it descriptions of it like it's all there so you know like things get broken and I gobble up that news when it happens but it kind of like takes all the thunder out of gaming magazines. It seems like just such a quaint thing anymore. Like, it's so old-fashioned. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I still gladly get it. I'll keep I'll keep subscribing to their loyalty rewards program as long as they give me the option to get it print. If they ever come to me one year, Enforced like, would you like to re-up? Digital only. Yeah, and they're like, and they don't offer me the mailing it to my house, I'll say no thank you. Yeah, no thanks. Maybe I'll go to one of those European magazines, and they're always way more expensive because they're, you know, imported or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but you know those European ones, they seem to often have really nice quality, too. Oh, yeah. They really do. Yeah. Um, so there's options out there. And that brings us to an end as far as our magazines go. We don't have any. Well, no, I take that back. You have some. I guess we'd call them shout-outs. <laughs> yeah, I got, like, a, a couple that, uh, like, this, I think, is one of those European ones that there was this... Uh, play magazine mm-hmm. that I, I picked up one or two of these yeah when i was that, doing research and i was like hey name off magazines that we could talk about and you that was one of the ones you mentioned yeah that's uh i can't even remember all the names of them all now but uh, yeah but yeah i mean usually like the ones like these like i'll flip through it's really nice like while i'm at the store and like you know i'll see like these really nice screenshots and it sells me right there i'm like yeah. oh yeah i'm buying this right one. right <laughs> Well, so, like the feel of the pages are really nice. Yeah. It almost feels like a Rolling Stone magazine or something. Like it's really nice. It's got a nice glossy cover. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a shout out right here. We could talk about too. Uh, I, I went right over this one. Um, players strategy guides magazine. The game player strategy guide. I well, guess was the name of the magazine. But there, this is uh, what, what was that? Uh, well, I guess it wasn't one of the magazines you mentioned because this this was a. Like, video game players, like, that logo was on, like, a magazine, not just a strategy guide. I'm almost positive there was a magazine that had, like, a player's logo. Oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Game Players magazine. Yeah, because it, it had Double Dragon 2 on the Yeah, game. so Game Players, yeah, that was a magazine. You're right. So it must have been, like, an offshoot of their magazine. Yeah, so this is Game Players' strategy guide to Nintendo games. 
Yeah, so Game Players was another magazine that was out. Um, it came out in 89. I actually have a little bit of information on them. Uh, they ranged from 89 to 98. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I did a little research on Game Players. And, uh, you know, they were okay. It was like your Game Pro. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the Ninja Turtles movie. Yep, Secret of the Use. Yep. So that was a big deal. I'm sure I saw that screen, that you know, image from the magazine well before the movie came out. I was super excited. I remember the first time I heard about the Ninja Turtles. Dude, look at this graphic, man. Throw that up. <laughs> look at the effort they that's, put into this. That is horseshit. That is below Game Pro. Like, that's quality. MS Paint Line Tool <laughs> and, and Circle Tool. Okay, for the people who are listening, that it's it's the Ninja Turtle game. <laughs> and there's like the turtles in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my god. That they, is they, no effort. They alternated two colors. That is zero effort on the part of game player strategy guide. <laughs> I mean, so I'm sorry, Game Pro, for ever like crapping on your on your uh the quality of your of your art and your magazines. Masters of MS Paint. Yeah, and I'm sure I picked this magazine up as a one off because it had Secret of the Use on it. That's it. <laughs> they, and they figured out how to use the copy tool. <laughs> oh my god, throw that up. Let's just so, bag on these guys. So they drew a boomerang. Oh, oh focus. There it is. <laughs> they, they drew a boomerang, and then let's copy it ten times. <laughs> <sighs> these guys were no wizards at Photoshop, that's for sure. So, you know, that, that was the quality of, of magazine you could come to expect from these guys. Heck, did Photoshop even exist at this time? No, it probably didn't. Um, what would have been print shop? I guess is what it was called back in the day. I don't know. Uh, but you know, it but it ran for like nine years. Somebody was, and this is exactly the kind of thing that I'd pick up at Walmart. You know, yeah. I, I could totally picture that being on an end cap at some aisle at Walmart, and being like, oh my god, it's, you know, like secret of the use. And I probably brought it into school and showed it off because you recognize this. I remember like when I showed it to you. Yeah. Um, but, but anyways, do you have any others to show off? Here? Yeah, and then there's another one that, um, it just, it's just one of those that, and, and I guess this came out in the U.S., is Game On yeah, it says USA, USA right there. so, yeah, and, and this is apparently Volume 1, Issue 1, or Volume 1, Number 1. So the Number 1 issue? Yeah, first so, issue over there. but it just, uh, you know, it just caught my eye with nice artwork, nice you know, seemed nice quality. It had a lot of like kind of Japanese anime. And I noticed the editor was stuff in Japanese. It. it looked like. Yeah, uh, and this one it was cool because it had like uh, these uh, like this cami manga. That's nice. That it would have from uh, <laughs> issue to issue. That's a hell of a lot better than that generic comic we found in EGM. We were like looking through. Yeah. So this is good. This is cool. Uh, so a lot of this was taken up with just comics basically mm -hmm. but uh but yeah this was cool so I mean, this I, I when, when did it. this come out um i don't know I mean, it's got cami on the front so right around what super it's, street it's, fighter yeah it's the super street fighter time period uh battle arena toshinden 2 advertisements mm -hmm. okay uh, so 90, 90 94 95 yeah 94, somewhere around okay. there or or actually 96 maybe because here's a 96 okay well, yeah, Battle Arena to Shinden 2, I guess that would have been around 95, 96. Yeah, because PlayStation came out in 95. Exactly. So this is probably 96. So, you know, again, it's like a little one-off magazine. You weren't loyal to that magazine, well, although you did buy another one. <laughs> yeah, I bought more than one. 
Yeah, this one was cool because it, it had like Mario on the cover. Yeah, that's clearly Bowser from Mario around. 64. Very cool. And that's a quality, that's quality art. That's not bad. Yeah, well, and... Um, Is that from Nintendo? That, or? Yeah, that's official like Nintendo CG right there. Yeah, okay. Probably lifted it from the... Uh... Oh, I do have one little uh, game uh, factoid for Game Players Magazine. Uh, there were... <coughs> Bless oh, you. Excuse me. Apparently, Game Players Magazine was the first ever magazine to feature CG on the cover. Like, they had the first CG cover for whatever and what it's worth. Who, who was? Game Players. Game Players, yeah. As lo-fi as they were in that amazing Ninja Turtles artwork they used, they had some probably awful-looking CG cover. For whichever game it was, I don't know. You know, the, as I flip through this now, there's like actually really very little like video game coverage, and then it just goes straight to comic because it's like wow, look at all those pages of comics. There's stuff. the Cami comic, and then there's a Samurai Showdown comic, which is like the like entire issue basically. Yeah. Look how thick <laughs> that is out of all the magazine. <laughs> and then there's like okay, so here's some codes. Oh, there's like a, a ROM and a half Japanese PlayStation game that never came to the States. Okay. <laughs> which I own, actually. I'm sure you did. <laughs> but yeah, you know, th this is gaming magazines. Um, I have a huge box of old gaming magazines that I've kept. This is just the tip of the iceberg, what we showed you. You've got a pretty big collection at, at home of magazines you kept. I have a pretty big collection that I trimmed down. I, I've got boxes. Yeah, I had closet. huge boxes that I can't hardly even lift that were in the garage. And I yeah. pulled some of these magazines. I'm surprised they were in as good a shape as they were. There's like about five pages of like video game stuff. <laughs> but the, it's called Game On. And, and the rest <laughs> the rest is the comics. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, whatever. I but like, you flipped cool. through it and you were like, well, I don't. there's not a lot of game news, it's but cool. I get. Yeah. I have other magazines for that. And I learned about um, that, you know, that was probably one of my first tastes at mangas. Because uh, I know I've actually bought those uh, <laughs> manga. What? I was just making sure I was in focus here. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> uh, I've bought like the uh, the manga of that Cami. I know I've got like the actual like books at home. Yeah. That You've I, got a pretty good I collection of manga or, comics, don't you? Yeah, I've got a few. Hey, speaking of manga, what was that Mario manga that you showed me? Oh, I'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to pull a picture of that. All right, it, it's worth mentioning. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar with it. I just came across it on the internet the other day. But apparently, that you know how Japanese is different. You know, if there's like it's a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, it's a little more relaxed. You know, a little boy takes his pants off. You know, they don't think nothing of it. You know, anyway. Does it have to be a little boy? I mean, but the, yeah, the well, the new characters appear youngish. It, it usually is because. It's usually not like some adult taking his pants off. Gotcha. And, you know, but anyway, apparently, apparently there's a screenshot of like Mario's junk. So. <laughs> Mario whips out his junk. It, well, and, and it, it's like it's it's. I mean, really, it's totally innocent because oh, yeah. it's like in the comic. It, it's it's a comic for Super Mario Land two, or, or no, not two, just Super Mario Land, the uh -huh. first the first Game Boy game, and. There were there was like a 
I, somebody like bit him in his butt, like a piranha plant or something. I forget. And yeah. But, you know, bit him in his butt, but it ripped his pants off. And so oh yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I love watching Nick squirm. <laughs> so now Mario's running around. I, I think I probably still have the picture that I texted you. Just throw it up on the Facebook, uh, the 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 Bit Geeks Facebook page. I'll find it. Yeah. I, by the way, but for laughed. you audio listeners, I'm so sorry. I'm not putting screenshots of all this. You're just going to have to suck it up and see the YouTube version of this podcast. There's just too much stuff. I don't know. Maybe I already deleted it. Hopefully you can find it again. But yeah, I'll find it. I'll, well, yeah. When we I'm did sure our tribute to Mario this. a couple episodes back, well, now, uh, I think I, I found that there, wasn't, they, they, there was manga of Mario, but I didn't know that there was that. You know, I'd like, be scared to Google Mario's <laughs> junk. Don't do it at work. <laughs> <laughs> the FBI is going to raid your computer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, but that that's our show on gaming magazines. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not even like anything to look at. It's just like, it's just a U-shape, you know? It's like, <laughs> just, it, it's fine. We're going <laughs> to... That's going to be on the Big Geeks Facebook page. Uh, we, that will be there. Nick, Nick, you do usually a really cool job of, of putting things on the Facebook page. And so that's got to make its way there. And, uh, you know, hopefully we don't get flagged for porn, you know, like for Facebook or something. Because it does show his, you know, stuff, right? I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's not like some, like, veiny, like, you know. No, like, no, no. <laughs> it's not, like, super realistic. I, yeah, that's why, I mean, because that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, just a little tiny, like... You know, like, Hardly registers as a penis at all. <laughs> but you so know. small. <laughs> so small. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, I'm glad we did this episode. This is this is one that came to me, and I was like, you know, we got all these magazines, and uh, you know, it, it fits into like our whole forte of nostalgia and video games. And you're know, like, why not do a tribute to video game magazines? Um, but but be on the lookout for that series. I, I really want to do that. I think it'd be fun to crack open some issues. Of our favorite magazines and you know we'll show you guys the pages and we can you know comment on the pages because there's just too much good information in these magazines yeah we can only show you so much in like a one hour one and a half hour like podcast uh it, it really i mean you could spend hours just flipping through one of these magazines so we'll, we'll try and put something like that together i think it'd be an interesting change of pace mm-hmm. uh not not as an official podcast but as like a special show um yeah anything else we want to say about magazines nick uh, loved them back then still love them now when yeah. I can get them it's uh, to, to the generation that uh, you know knows not these magazines basically it's uh, the internet it, as a tree you know yeah <laughs> the internet printed out printed out yeah from yeah. a tree it, yeah it wasn't uh, it wasn't like you know instantaneous like we talked about earlier, at the top it's, of the show but it, but it's at the same time, it's it's something that we have physical. You know, it's archived for us. We can go back and look at these pages, and and flip through like a period in time. It's just like a little time capsule. Yeah. Um. You know what was going on in 1992 in the world of games? You could pick up one of these issues, and we have it in our hand. The internet's on a server somewhere. You know, you're not saving issues on the internet. Um. So you know, it's it's a great thing. And uh, I, I don't, I, I'll take what we have now over it, but I still love them. And I'm, I'm glad that there's a, you know, a small niche of magazines that are still printing. Yeah, I mean, I, I miss 
those days, and I, I know why they're gone. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I miss it. Well, here's to you, video game magazines. This has been our tribute. And uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Uh, for this week, I've been your host, Ron Avis. And I'm Nick Wright. And we'll see you next time.